One of the oddities of the liturgical calendar this year is that, is that this special observance, this special fast that we hold each year falls on a day in which the world is really not in the mood to think about fasting. It falls, of course, on St. Valentine's Day. And I don't know what St. Valentine himself would have thought about this. He had very little to do with what has become of his feast day. On this day, of course, you can see uh, people scrambling around trying to get that last-minute little gift or box of chocolates or a bouquet of flowers. Um, I have some friends who are in the restaurant business back in Philadelphia, and they not so affectionately refer to this night as amateur night. So business is up, but overall the stress is, is hardly worth it. In fact, today I was just at, the, uh, at Uncle Giuseppe's market, and at the candy counter there were two young women with very sad looks on their faces with chocolate-stained frocks looking like Lucy and Ethel trying to keep up with <laughs> the chocolate-covered strawberry trade. And all of these things that we see around us today are, are not in and of themselves bad things. Indeed, they are ways that people are trying to show love for one another. A small token here and there of something that uh, comes from our heart. But these small little tokens that we give are just that, tokens. They're little things. And a lot of it actually is quite perishable. Food, chocolate, flowers, whatever and it goes away. And so we have that warm feeling for a moment of giving something nice to someone we love, but it goes away. That's not to say that we shouldn't do these things. People need attention from their loved ones, to be sure. But I'm brought to mind today of in this uh, reading we have, the Holy Gospel from Matthew, that we hear every single year, no matter what year it is, Regardless of the three-year cycle, this is always the gospel for Ash Wednesday. And Jesus points out the actions of the hypocrites. Those people who love to pray in public on street corners in order to attract attention to themselves. Those who like to give generously, but not so that the poor can have food or the needy can have shelter, but because they can see their name displayed for all to see. And, not, and those who fast and let everybody know about it. We all know that person, don't we? Who is grumpy and just miserable because they're doing this thing to try to, uh, to uh, get in some sort of tune with God. But it I think has the opposite effect, making themselves uh, miserable and others around them. So what Jesus tells us is not to give up on giving or praying or fasting. Far from it. What he asks us to do is to do them in a place of sincerity. He says, you know, go in your room, but, you know, we, we could take that to mean our church or just any place except uh, a place where we're doing it just for the attention. And he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and thieves break in and steal, 
but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so this season of Lent that we embark upon tonight is all about that. It's all about building up that treasure. You know, in churches, we like to talk about the health of our endowment. And what we mean by that is our, our financial endowment, which we uh, use for the good of the church and the community to get our mission out there and to do the work of God. But there's also a spiritual treasure, a spiritual endowment that you have in your hearts. And sometimes it gets a little bit frittered away here and there throughout the year. And sometimes we have moments like this time of year where we can take some time apart and just literally work on building up that treasure, not as a hoard for ourselves, but as a spiritual sustenance to carry us on our journey. We know that darkness and evil are all around us in this world. And in fact, I just learned uh, tonight about another tragic shooting in a school here in this country. In fact, the mother of one of the children was pictured having come from church with ashes on her forehead. What a poignant image that was. And we remember them in their grief, in our prayers, and in our hearts. And that's why one of the reasons why we build up this spiritual treasure, to send forth that love to people, but also to be people who act upon the gospel of God. I have this little book. It's a lovely little... I was first attracted by the cover. I found this in the trash at General Seminary when I was there years ago. The library was cleaning house. And so a number of of old books uh, went the way of the dodo. But uh, I was leaving one day and saw my church history professor stooped over, rooting through a huge plastic garbage bag. And I, I leaned over and I said, Father Wright? And his response to me was, I saw it first. <laughs> okay. And so uh, he got what he wanted. And so after he, he left, I scavenged through a little bit. And I found this little book. And as I said, I was initially attracted <laughs> to the cover because I like the, uh, the design from this time period. It was written in 1876 by Bishop Huntington, who was the bishop of uh, central New York at the time. And I was struck by the way it's set up very much like little books, uh, spiritual books that we have today, where there's a little bit to read every single day throughout a season. And I have read from this book for years now. I don't read from it every single year, but it's, it's something that I come back to for, for refreshment and for, uh, for uh, hope during this Lenten season. And a lot of the things, of course, it was put together in the 19th century, so a lot of it is unattributed. So I don't know uh, who wrote these things and when, but there is a poem for today, for Ash Wednesday, that I I do want to read to you as a part of this observance. (coughs) Wouldst thou glance into the dark depths of a human heart one moment? And Christ set me in a trance. Opening my eyes to see while at his word the gates flew wide apart. I entered and essayed to advance, but quickly back I drew with sudden start, chilled with the coldness of its vaults of sin and all I saw within. There, 
envy, hatred, malice, pride, had each their altars ranged on every side, to self the selfsame idol everywhere, while through the cobweb window's light divine struggled to shine. Ah, Lord, I cried, surely this heart is a heathen's, a heathen's heart must be, one who hath never heard of thee. With agony, I learned that it was mine. I fled away, o'erwhelmed with sorrow and despising gloom, to breathe a purer air. But in its dismal room, the Christ would stay. He shrank not even from this whitened tomb, and it became his temple from that day. So on this day when we traditionally exchange small tokens of love, which have their root in truth and in sincerity, think about not earthly, this earthly treasure, but think about this heavenly treasure and about true love. We talk so much about true love, but what is true love more than, if not, the love of Christ for us, who comes to dwell in the temple of our hearts, despite our sinful nature, despite the fact that we turn from him over and over again, despite the fact that we deny him, yet he is there. And so this day, once again, we remember our mortality, we remember our dependence upon him, and we make a fresh start on our journey to the cross, but also to resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.